What if you knew your animal better than anyone else, including your vet? What if you knew where to go for information covering a variety of different topics that allow you to choose the care you would like for the furry member of the family? What if this information can be found with even more ease than ever before? Get ready to listen, share, and question what animal care used to be and where it can go. Now, here's the host of Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show, Certified Animal Chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper. Welcome, welcome to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with me, Dr. Andy, as your host. I am a Certified Animal Chiropractor, Access Consciousness Facilitator, and Animal Wizard. I am here today to empower you to know what you know about your animal. And what would the animals like the world to know today from us? from us speaking for them out into the world. Um, Today, we are talking about multiple stressful triggers. And and my dog just falls apart with um, our returning guest, Anna Malera, owner of Training with Grace here in Lakewood, Colorado. And throughout this hour, I invite you to ask questions, share your animal stories, and join us on this radio adventure. You can reach us in a variety of ways. You can call them in at 815-880-880. 8255 in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, 033-0001-0625 in the U.K. You can always Skype them in at a2zen.fm or chat them in live at www.a2zen.fm. Now along the top brand new red line, choose chat room, check out the new website, and um, see how much easier it is to navigate around. Um, and before we get to um, our guest, um, I'd like all of our animals to join us on this show and um, energetically let us know what they would like the world to know about them. Um, is Anna on the line? I am here. I am Hi. Here. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Anna's back. We're talking about multiple stressful triggers, um, and Anna's like I mentioned before, I've been working with dogs and their families for almost two decades. Um, she's originally from New York and has been here in Colorado for 13 years. We've been working together for many years. Um, she is a certified professional dog trainer, a member of the APDT, the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, and a member of the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants, um, and so on and so forth. And um, <laughs> She teaches basic manners, agility, potty socialization, potty training, um, addressing aggressive issues. Um, And Anna stresses to all of her human clients that profound importance that their gentle leadership plays in their dog's training. Um, Anna was like, what, 20 seconds late? No big deal, right? And I'm like, I know nothing about multiple stressful triggers. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Some of the other ones I could kind of add, I'm like, oh, boy, not this one. So um, my dog dog can only handle one stressful trigger at a time. When a couple more show up, they begin to lose it, and they kind of fall apart. What is trigger stacking? Yeah, trigger stacking, trigger stacking. It's a a more common term um, used lately, and I I like whoever came up with it. uh, uh, It's a uh, a good name. Trigger stacking, uh, uh, basically if you look at any being on the planet, we can only take so much before we snap, before we lose it, before we yell at someone, before we uh, maybe get physical with somebody. Uh, so, so with the dogs, we 
often expect them to tolerate a lot more than we should. Uh, picture yourself. Picture yourself in your most stressful times. Holiday season is a is a prime example. Uh, you are, gosh, planning to be somewhere at a certain time. You are stuck in traffic. You got a flat tire. Your you dropped your cell phone and the screen cracked. You can't find your keys to your car and realize you locked them inside. Any one of those things may not throw you over the edge. Any two of those things might not throw you over the edge. Um, but once you start to stack three and four and five of those things, and if you don't really know how to keep your cool, uh, any 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 uh, number of those things can throw you over the edge, which could mean anything from just bursting into tears or to snapping at your partner uh, or, or, or any any number of things that you could do. And, and we all have different um, thresholds for uh, for all these different uh, things that can happen in our world. So, so and then we, we also have the we thing. also mm-hmm. all react differently. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, and so, so we our could, dog may. <laughs> yes, exactly. So our dog may react in different ways, and and there are, are many different ways that that dogs will um, show that too much is placed upon them. So uh, one dog, for example, may, uh, let's see, sees a man wearing a hat. That might be uh, a, a somewhat of a trigger. And uh, that same dog might see uh, a little girl skipping. That might also be a trigger. Uh, that same dog might see another dog, and that might be a bigger trigger. And when you stack these triggers together or on top of each other, uh, it, it's easier for them to kind of lose it. And and like Andy said, there's different ways of showing it. Some dogs will shut down, uh, meaning they'll become very still. They'll want to hide. They'll want to go away, where other dogs will lash out and bark and lunge. Some will whine. Some will cry. Some will be destructive. Uh, and so the, the display is very – it can be very different from dog to dog to dog. Uh, can I throw? I also want to mention you mentioned a guy in a hat, a girl skipping, and another dog. Would any of those trigger us, or all three of those even trigger us? And the human. They might. They might. No, but yeah, I meant so the, not. Not. No, I'm just saying like there's no dog around. You don't have a dog. I'm just saying mm-hmm. you gotta look at it maybe a little differently because your dog's gonna look yeah. at the world a little differently than you. True. Exactly. So now, so if you some, see them and you know your dog's gonna possibly react then you're involved yes, in that whole definitely mix, involved yes. In that mix. Exactly. yes and so so they, it may not i mean like you know i have um, a, a few of our, our uh, uh dog trainers uh a lot of dog trainers tend to want to train dogs more than they want to have their own children so so sometimes we have a <laughs> dog trainer people um or, dog, or people in the dog community uh, that are not particularly fond of children. They'll they'll complete into a, they'll completely turn into a a puddle when they see a you know a dog. They just want to you know squish and mush on a dog. Um, but you know they see children and they're like eh you know not so much. Um, and so you know, I have a friend who uh, actually when she would see children she would literally turn and go the other way. She did not want to be anywhere near children, especially very very young uh, babies. And uh, and so we could have uh, reactions as well. So, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but what Andy mentioned about uh, 
If you have, let's say, a reactive dog, a dog that is reactive to children or reactive to other dogs or reactive to uh, men or women, uh, hats, sunglasses, whatever, uh, if you have a dog that's already triggered and you've seen that display, whether it's lunging or barking or, or, or whimpering and, and wanting to run away, um, if you've already seen those displays, you may very well react to those um, uh, triggers as well. Uh, so, so something that I think would be a, a, good, uh, a good way to look at it is if you have uh, a glass of water, uh, an, an empty glass, and then picture five other glasses, same size glasses, all, all of them are, are the same. So you've got five glasses, and then you have your, five em- your, your one empty one. So you have a total of six glasses. The five glasses each have, uh, they're filled about a quarter of the way, a quarter of the way. And each one of those glasses filled with uh, filled with water a quarter of the way, um, won't overfill or overflow or upset anything. If you take that first glass and you pour it into the empty glass, so you've got a quarter of a glass. Take that second glass and pour that into that, that uh, or first glass, you're, you've got now a half a glass. Right, you pour that third glass in, you now have three-quarters of a glass. You pour a fourth glass in, now you've got a full glass. Now you have this fifth glass, which is a fifth trigger, and you pour that in and your glass is going to overflow. That's that threshold has now been broken. It's been, it's been surpassed. So, so we have to look at, well, what are the triggers for our dogs and how can we keep them uh, steady or calm or how can we, we reduce those? So something as simple as petting or hugging uh, our dog may be something that you might like to do to your dog, but your dog might not particularly love it. Uh, and then after that, you might take your dog out for a walk, and he sees his his uh, the nemesis cat around the corner. And that might be that second glass of water. Uh, and then you continue on on your walk, and a squirrel cuts your path, crosses your path, and that might be that third glass of water. Uh, and so on. And come, you get home, and uh, you bring your dog in the house, and the other dog uh, comes over to greet the dog, and they get into an altercation right there at the door, uh, into an argument. Uh, and you go, wow, that, that, that just happened to nowhere. And truly, that's not the way it works. It doesn't happen out of nowhere. What has happened is this dog has had trigger after trigger after trigger stacked on top, and it hasn't done anything that has been uh, unacceptable in our eyes. It might have whined, it might have barked, it might have lunged, but it hasn't been the, tr- the, the final straw. It hasn't gotten into a fight like it has at the very end with the other resident dog. And so we have to take a look at how can we keep our dogs fairly steady throughout their days and how to bring them down from uh, extreme stacking or uh, multiple stacking to, to, to bring them um, to keep them at a level where they don't have to go over the edge or so they don't overflow that glass of water. Well, I want to uh, go back to mm-hmm. one of the triggers you mentioned, which mm-hmm. is really cool. The squirrel ran by. Mm-hmm. How many owners assume that that's, quote-unquote, a good thing, they like it, it's fun, but mm-hmm. that excitement also just adds to the threshold? There right? Are it's, many- not, yeah. saying, it's not always just the bad stuff. Exactly. That, that adds that's, to the threshold. That's what I, you know, most people, yeah, all those we, darn squirrels, but it actually adds to the threshold and how much, what's the word, higher they may vibrate, 
that, you know, that that was the second glass of water that went in. Yeah, and you can have thrush, you can have triggers that actually look good to the human eye that aren't so great to the dog. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, so for example, one one that uh, I think is uh, an interesting one to look at is uh, when dogs get the zoomies. Oftentimes we say, oh my gosh, well the dog hasn't had very much exercise and he's going all crazy, he's getting the zoomies, he's running circles in the yard. Uh, zoomies can often be uh, misinterpreted for um, for having fun. Um, what I tend to see in my uh, dog training and, and behavior uh, uh, behavior consult practice is that I see a lot of dogs that have zoomies or, or get into the zoomies uh, usually are stressed. They have been asked to do something that they don't know how to do or they've been put into a position that is more stressful than they can handle and they will, for, for lack of a better way of saying it, is they'll kind of lose it. They'll just kind of get, you know, start running around in circles. Um, and And it tends to um, the humans tend to go, oh, man, he's just losing it. He's just so crazy. Oh, he's he's just hasn't had enough exercise. Or they'll chalk it up to something else. But really what may be going on there um, is that the dog is actually stressed by whatever's going on in the surroundings. Um, That's so interesting because I, I was one of those until this last 10 seconds, um, <laughs> one of those humans that they're having fun. But energetically, when you look at it, it was always a little off from that. For me, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm like, oh, so it c- it could be fun. It depends, you know, if their best buddy maybe oh, came sure. over, or it could be a dissipation of stress. That's very interesting. And I never had dogs that did that, so mm-hmm. I didn't ever live with it. But that's uh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, thanks yeah, for sharing really that. I mean, uh, like for example, uh, I have a um, a lab. Her name is Meg, and she uh, will. Um, will display this with what what you would call zoomies. She generally only does it uh, to start uh, or, or uh, initiate play with the other dogs in the household. She, I've I've never seen her do it um, because of stress. Um, cool. And and I have a very trained eye, so I know what I'm looking <laughs> for. But it could very easily blend. Uh, sometimes it can go from I'm so stressed, I'm going to go ahead and run around. And then maybe another dog might join in, and then all of a sudden they start having fun. Uh, so it can blend. It can sometimes mm-hmm. blend, but we may not necessarily notice that it started because of stress. So, uh, so yeah, so sometimes they do things that are, um, they look like, uh, it looks like naughty behavior. It looks like zoomies. It looks like something else, but it may be because of stress. Another one that... Um, Let me that stop I you right there. Oh, let's sure. get back. Well, let's do. Let's, yes, let's take a break. That's <laughs> what I wanted to say, and then you'll, we'll go on to your one more because this is awesome. Perfect, perfect. Thank you, you so much, it. Anna. Mm-hmm. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. 
This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adizen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me today with my special guest, Anna Malera, dog trainer extraordinaire. Um, you can reach her at Anna with trainingwithgrace.com if you have any follow-up questions you would like to ask her. And again, I invite you to join us with your questions and your animals um, and check out just how easy that is to chat in your question live at www.a2zen.fm. Click on the chat room along the top of the homepage. Um, you can also reach me directly at drandy at harpersridge.com. So now back to our amazing animals. We are talking about trigger stacking, and Anna was just about to go into one more. I don't know what that one more was. <laughs> the one more. Uh, there's there's another uh, display of uh, stress or anxiety that sometimes doesn't look like it. Uh, oftentimes we will see dogs jumping up on people, and most People will go to, oh, he's jumping up for attention. He's naughty. He's jumping up for attention. Um, and that, although that may very well be the case for some dogs, I will often see that dogs jump up on people because of anxiety. They're anxious, so they'll jump up. Generally, the difference between jumping up because of anxiety versus jumping up for attention is body positioning. So if I am standing and there's a dog in front of me and it jumps up on me and puts its paws on my um on, on my waist, on my on my chest, is jumping up on me and is facing me, uh, is that's generally attention seeing behavior. That and I say generally because it, it nothing nothing uh, lives in a vacuum. There there are a lot of things that overlap. But uh dog is jumping up on me, facing me, generally they're gonna be looking for attention. A dog that jumps up and uh, jumps up kind of sideways or kind of grabs onto you and keeps turning their head back away from you, possibly looking at the stressor. Maybe the cat has entered the room, another dog is in the area, a person who they don't uh, uh, feel safe around um, has, has come into the area. They might jump on you and look over their shoulder. Uh, and, and really the jumping up, I often see the jump up sometimes is kind of sideways where they come at you and turn, and so the sides of their their front paws are kind of grazing you as they jump up. Uh, so, so it can be a little bit different. So sometimes we say, oh, he's just jumping for attention. No, Fluffy, get down, get down. Meanwhile, the dog is going, hey, could you help me out here? I'm really stressed about this uh, particular thing, and and we and we react by correcting them. So that's something to to. Take note of, pay attention to why is it that your dog is jumping up on you if if that's what's happening. So my my little Molly, the little black and white, she's about eight pounds, will do both of those now that you mention mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. I, I knew there I knew the difference energetically, but you know, I, I didn't have the words for it. So what mm-hmm. do you do when they're do you then pet them? Do you then do yeah, I pick her up? Yeah. Do I? What do? Because I can pick her up. You're not going to pick up a 90 yeah. pound Rottweiler. So, what do? We, what do we do when we're seeing maybe something different? Because I don't want to encourage it 
either, but I want right, them to know I have right. their back. So exactly, and that is really what we want to tell them is you know I, I've got I've got this I'm I'm going to take care of you you're okay. Uh, so uh, I, I went to see um, uh, a dog this morning, uh, a uh, Bernese Mountain Dog puppy Rosie, and uh, she tends to do that kind of thing. She tends to jump up, um, and I'm and I'm paying very close attention to why is she jumping up. Uh, and she's a big dog. She's a big, big dog. And so uh, as, a, as a young baby, she's a big dog. And uh, so when she jumps up, she can hurt you. She can scratch you really hard. She can shove you really hard. Uh, and and so, so, no, I don't want to encourage this, regardless of whether it's because she wants attention or because she's nervous. And so my first, my first response is to see if food is going to work for her. So if she's jumping up on me, Hmm, can I prevent that by presenting food? So what we do is when I come into the house, I immediately throw a nice big handful of yummy cookies on the floor. Uh, and that means teeny tiny pieces of really high-value cookies, like little bits of chicken and cheese and roast beef, um, along mixed in with her kibble. Uh, and I'll throw that on the floor and she'll run over and immediately start picking up the food off the floor. So for me, that piece of information is, aha, good, she can still eat. She's not so overly stressed that she can't, put, um, that she can't pick up food. All right, so that's, that's a good sign. So that means that she's not so stressed that she can't pick up food. The next thing is, once she's picked up some of the food, how is she doing? Is she going to keep all four feet on the ground? Does she want to come say hello? Uh, do I feel comfortable enough to lower myself to the ground, to, to bend down or kneel on the ground, to, to interact with her low on the ground? Or do I feel like I need to stay upright because she might clobber me if I bend down? And I feel comfortable enough to bend down, to get low on the ground. So that is what I do. I get low on the ground, and I bring my hands down low, and I start to feed her uh, attention. Generally, she's picked up all the food. She comes over to me, and I start to scratch her chest and her neck and pet her. And so she now doesn't need to jump up to come and get attention from me. Right, so if that is attention that she's seeking, she's going to jump up. She's going to not jump up because I'm already at her level. If it is anxiety, anxiety that she's experiencing and she's wanting to jump up, I may still see some jumping up, maybe cl uh, uh, climbing, trying to climb up on my lap. Um, and if that is the case, I'm going to do my very best to hold her into me. So I might put my arm uh, across her body and pull her into me and firmly but gently hold her. Generally, dogs will sink into that feeling. They'll go, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. There's a reason that um, the anxiety wrap and the thunder wraps, uh, thunder shirts were created to, to wrap and snug the body tight uh, or, or snugly, I should say. And so... So if you've got a dog that's anxious, um, pulling them in close to your body and holding them steady can often be really, really reassuring for them. Uh, like what Dr. Andy said about picking up her little dog um, and holding her uh, against her body, that is a really nice thing to do for your little dog. Um, there are many trainers that will tell you don't pick up the dog if the dog is barking and, and jumping and doing all of that. Well, sometimes they need that. Sometimes they need that support. Um, and and I also in, in, encourage you to look into it further. Don't just do that and then leave it at that. If you really want to uh, correct the behavior, 
um, and find a good solution for it, uh, then you can go further. You can absolutely go further. Um, as far as that's concerned, if your dog is anxious and jumping up and whimpering or, or climbing on you and that kind of thing, if you do, you know, if, if it's a small dog and you're able to pick them up, it's absolutely fine. You're reassuring them. You're taking care of them. Uh, you're giving them some support. That doesn't mean that you're going to encourage this for forever. Right? This is a, um, an emotional response that they're having. They're not just being little jerks. Cool. Okay. Now, can we talk about Rosie a little bit more? Because I yeah, know Rosie. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And let's go back to the threshold stackers. One of Rosie's mm-hmm. issues is she's got bad hips. Yep. <laughs> Mom yep. is looking into that. So this dog is painful. Mm-hmm. So one of your thresholds in your triggers could be a painful dog that isn't able to move as fast as maybe they want to, is a little more concerned about what's going on in their environment, if they can handle it. And, and and from my background, that sometimes is fixable with an adjustment. This is not moms taking all the right steps to see what we can do about it. But it, it their pain can be one of your thresholds that's added into your multiple triggers. Yeah, this this um um and and we we just spoke with mom um today about about what they're going to do and 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 surgery is in her future for sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and uh, and so she's got some exercises that she has to do, and 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 yeah, she's in she's in rough shape. This little this little puppy, and and so part of it is uh, that they do sometimes they will jump up, sometimes they will squirrel around and and be more energetic, or it looks more energetic mm-hmm. because they're not feeling good. And and you you know this, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir when I tell this. No, we want everyone else to know. But, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, um, we do. But so, but so so they do they do get a little more squirrely and energetic and sometimes mouthy. So some of the exercises that we are working on are actually kind of challenging to do because she's not feeling great. Mm-hmm. And so so that's when I oftentimes will say to families, Hey, you know what? Let's table our training for now. Let's maintain what we can. Let's uh use confinement. Let's use uh, a harness. Let's make sure that we are doing a lot of management first because we're not in a place in our brain and in our body to be able to actually take in the information and start to learn. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll have uh, uh, people that will say that their dogs are uh, naughty or they're just not smart or they're just, uh, oh, I don't know about this dog. I don't think she's very smart. So sometimes we'll hear stuff like that. And it's really not so much about the intelligence level. It has a whole heck of a lot more to do with how are they feeling. And sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it is physical, and sometimes it's both put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and possibly even other things that we don't know about. Uh, but so for this particular puppy, uh, the family is being so wonderful. They're so patient and so understanding. And um, and, and basically they just let out one big sigh when 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 uh, when little puppy Rosie starts running around um, with her zoomies. Right? They, mm-hmm. they, we we call it zoomies. But I don't I don't believe that it's just her uh, having too much energy. I believe it has a lot more to do with she's uncomfortable in her body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some dogs yeah. present just they will not settle, mm-hmm. and it and yeah. it's a lot of physical along with the. I mean, you have to look at all the angles, but some just won't settle, and yeah. they're not lame. They're not having trouble doing anything. They just will not settle. So yeah. I just want everyone to keep that in mm-hmm. mind that it a, a physical pain could be part of a trigger that they're not even aware of that's already being no. stacked for them. 
Yeah, there, there's something in, in humans that is called restless, restless leg syndrome. Um, and, and I know that I actually get a little bit like that. I don't know if it's truly, uh, I've never been diagnosed with it, but I know that I get uh, kind of antsy, like where I kind of want to kick my legs um, if I have gone to bed at the end of the day and I have been sitting at my desk all day and I haven't done any walking or exercising or, or playing or running with my dogs, if I haven't done a whole lot, um, by the time it's nighttime, I might be very tired, but I can't settle, I can't rest because I haven't had exercise throughout the day. I've been cooped up behind a desk, um, which is very rare for my, you know, my career, but it does happen. Um, and so I'll find it happens every now and then that I'm I'm restless that I can't get comfortable and I can't uh, relax because I I'm I'm because I've been uncomfortable all day long and so although that's a mild version of it uh, uh, it is um, it's something that at least maybe maybe you can relate to that um, so as far as um, the trigger stacking end of it um, it, you know I'm glad we're talking about this because it, it, it does come up so much for so many animals. Uh, and, and we do have to take a good look at how is it that we can make lives easier for ourselves and our animals. Uh, so, so for example, if you have a so dog that is So let's take a break going, and we'll come back oh, and we'll yes. do that. Great. <laughs> Your perfect segue. Awesome. We'll be right back. <laughs> Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adizen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Welcome back once again to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. Along with hosting this radio show, I have an animal chiropractic practice in Denver, um, Colorado, where I offer animal chiropractic care, laser therapy, access consciousness body process sessions, um, including SE, SLP, and more. I also offer verbal processing using the access tools for behavior or personality issues with your animal. So 2015 is, what, a couple weeks away? And we are working on classes and workshops for you and your animal. And coming in January, um, we're doing an intro to Right Body for You, which is actually for the peeps, um, not the animals this time around. And they'll be at my Denver office with um, fellow certified facilitator Mara Claire. And then I'm offering five days to change your life at the end of January, January 29th through February 2nd. And that's Bars Foundation and Level 1. Then Cara Wright, another certified facilitator, is coming into town. She's up in um, Washington State. We're doing a Talk to the Entities two-day class, February 7th and 8th. Um, we're going to do an intro that Friday night, the 6th. Um, we're going to talk about animals and entities. Um, 
so how much fun could that be? And BARS is a prereq for that class. I'll be offering that on February 6th. Um, all of this information is at harpersridge.com. Like I mentioned, Anna has Training with Grace, um, and you can check that out at trainingwithgrace.com. You can call 303-238-DOGS or email Anna at trainingwithgrace.com. And Anna's not the only one working there. You've got tons of classes and tons of trainers mm. and so much for everybody to check out. Do you have anything fun coming up? Yeah, we've got, uh, oh my gosh, we've got an entirely full, full schedule for 2015, and that's all listed on our website at trainingwithgrace.com. Uh, and you click on the button that says events, and we've got a whole bunch of wonderful stuff uh, uh, coming up next year. We've got a, an essential skills talk. We've got uh, a CPR uh, and first aid animal certification class. Uh, um, we've got agility workshops. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, our Dog Trainer Academy, we've got Tag Teach, which is teaching with acoustical guidance. Uh, we've got Trish King and Sue Sternberg coming out. Uh, so they're all listed there. So, so take a look and see what your interests are. If you have questions about them, you can always email us uh, at Anna at trainingwithgrace.com. Uh, you can also just click on the link on our website um, to, uh, um, to check that out. We also have uh, this coming Saturday uh, for rescues only. We have a uh, training um, training dogs to become more adoptable, and we're specifically focusing on leash reactivity uh, for uh, this coming Saturday. The information's on the website. Uh, and on Sunday, we have a tag teach uh, intro workshop that I'm teaching, which is, uh, again, teaching with acoustical guidance. Uh, basically, it's tr uh, clicker training for humans, uh, and the cost for that is only $50. Normally, these, uh, uh, these events go for $150 or more. So uh, uh, call us up, contact us, and we'll get you in there. Isn't it at the end of the day human training and not dog training? Yeah, nobody likes to say that. I <laughs> <laughs> never like to admit it, that. <laughs> I did it, it for you. As, it's okay. It they can look at me. Cool on a business card. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. And it's so fun to trick the humans because they do think they're training their dogs. It's so cute. Yes. <laughs> um, but as long as it all works, right? Yeah, it, it works. Yep, it all works. So you're okay. going to help everybody out yeah. how to live with stressors in your dog and yeah, what other pointers yeah. so, you got for us. So so here are some things. When you have when you break the uh threshold, this goes for yourself, this goes for uh dogs as well, uh it can take quite a few days for the dog or the human to come back to <clears throat> what's considered normal. So picture um, picture yourself or your dog, in what is considered normal, whatever that state of normal is, that even, steady, happy, kind of uh, relaxed state. Think of then adding stressors or triggers. So like for the human, as I had talked about early in the, in the, in our, on our call here, uh, was um, – we talked about getting a flat tire. We talked about running late, getting stuck in traffic, uh, stubbing your toe, spilling your coffee, whatever it is, right? You, you got a bunch of things that could be a stressor. Think of what one of those stressors does to you, right? Think of how you recover from one of those stressors. Uh, the other day I realized that I had flipped my contact and it tore, 
and I'm putting my contact in, and it tore, and I'm going, oh, shoot. And so I just reached into the cupboard into my, in my, my medicine cabinet, and I pulled out a new contact. It was the disposable kind, and I pulled out the new contact and put it in, and all is great with the world. Now, think about what you would do if you tore your contact and that was your very last contact. You hadn't ordered new ones yet. Would you be as cool? Right? How, how much would that affect you? Would you say, all right, forget it. I'll just put on my glasses. Big deal. Or would you go, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Right? So what, which, which way would you go? How do you handle stress? Because those things matter. Because if you handle stress, if you fly off the handle for something real small, uh, or what, what, what I would consider small, um, uh, you know, how are you going to handle the bigger stuff? Right? And so the same happens for our dogs. If our dogs are taught to cope with things that might uh, easily trigger them at first, uh, then they're going to have a better chance of recovering. So an, an example, when I first got my German Shepherd about 13 years ago, I noticed on our walk that every time he saw another dog, his tail would start to flag. It would get tall and stiff. He would start to walk on his tippy toes. He would start to grumble. His ears would get real tall. His fur would stand up on his back, and he would get very strong. Um, he would get a very strong look on his face, and he would start to um, pull on the leash. And if I were to allow it, he probably would have gotten into a full lunge and bark and growl. And so when I saw this first, these first little triggers when he saw these other dogs, I immediately said, come on, sweetie, let's go this way. And I turned him around, and I immediately started shoveling amazing amounts of cookies and, and really just high-value cookies into his mouth. And because I knew better, I did better, because I knew well, you know, if, he's, if this is bothering him, I have got to change his emotional state. If he is being bothered, if he's getting triggered by these dogs, if I let him completely lose it, it's going to take longer for me to calm him down. But because I'm catching it earlier and I'm saying, hey, come on, look over here and have some cookies from away from these dogs, then he started to trust in me. And he immediately started to recognize that, hey, you know what, we don't have to go past the dogs. We don't have to look at the dogs. Mommy just calls me and I get lots of cookies. Right? To this day, I've never seen him totally lose it on another dog because I never let it get there. Uh, has he had interactions where they haven't been pleasant, where he has told off another dog, where he has grumbled or showed his teeth at another dog? Absolutely, he has. Um, but it's been very appropriate, and he has recovered very quickly. Right? He hasn't lost it and spiraled out of control and, and gone after a dog and tackled them and bitten them and, sh and, and put holes in them and, and gone into a big fight. No, those things, we don't allow those things to happen. So because we catch them early and we, 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 um, we give him an out and we give him some time to de-stress as well. So if I've taken him on a particularly difficult walk, I'm going to make sure that the next day we either don't walk in the same area or if we are going to walk, uh, we're going to keep it short and we're going to make sure that it is really um, a light walk and it's a very happy walk. Um, we might even stop and play for a while and have some sniffy time. So I'm 
trying to make sure that I don't let him get so close to threshold that he's going to lose it because it's a lot easier to calm him down from something that's not so traumatic than to try to calm him down from something that's really over the top. So you mean that even if you've recovered, your dog may not have? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when we might say that we've recovered, we don't necessarily recover fully. We might go, if you, if you picture on a scale of 1 to 10, let's say, let's say that my dog going off on another dog, barking and lunging and growling, puts him at a level 8. I'm not even saying 10 because he didn't actually get a hold of a fight with another dog, right? So brings him all the way to a level 8. And then we get him away from there. We start walking, and we're okay, and we're feeling better. We go back down. We go down to a 7. We go down to a 6. We're still okay. Squirrel crosses our path. We go back up to 8. Right? The squirrel is gone. We get home. We go into the house. We get some water. We lay down on the couch, start to take a nap. We're going down to 7, 6, 5. Right? But did we go all the way down to one or zero? Not yet. Even though there's on the couch taking a nap, he may not be back down to normal again yet. Right? Then I, you know, I'm, I'm gone for a few hours. I come back and I'm like, hey guys, I got some bully sticks. I got some pig ears. Right? Which brings everybody back up, 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 up to another couple of notches because they're all excited that they're getting pig ears and bully sticks. So this is what Andy was talking about earlier, that sometimes those are good triggers, right? That's How exciting is that? We're getting really yummy treats. But that's stacked on top of those other not-so-good triggers, right? So they're all kind of uh, stacking on top of each other um, and bringing the dog again closer to threshold. And so what might look like normal at home doesn't mean that it is back to normal just yet, Right? They might still have that residual um, effect there. And, and who knows? We might say, okay, let's go back outside for potty. Uh, everybody leaves their bully sticks. They run outside. They go for potty. They get to chase the squirrel. They uh, argue uh, over the fence with another dog, and they're up, 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 up again. And then I say, okay, guys, come on back inside. Everybody runs back inside. Somebody run, runs to the wrong bully stick at the same time as another dog, and boom, there's a fight. And then we go, oh, my gosh, they're always so good with their, with their toys. They never fight over toys or, or, or high-value resources, mm-hmm. and, and they just fought out of nowhere. No such thing. They were carrying the stuff from the previous walks and the excitement. Okay? I, hope that, I hope that this um, scenario that I painted um, will, will help you kind of think about any of those triggers or any of those um, arguments or, or any time your dog might have gone over the top. Uh, because that's kind of what it tends to look like. It looks like out of the blue, but it really generally is not. Um, I, I love that. That was that was it. It painted perfectly. And and my one thing that I I thought this was that was really cool is the next day you don't do that same walk, or next day you go play instead. Because there's so many of my clients that we walk the same way every day, and every day yeah. they fight with the same dog. And I'm like, well, why don't you go a different way? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know why they get – the humans get stuck in, well, we're supposed to go this way. Well, and I'm we, like – We tend to, as humans, we tend to be uh, creatures of habit, and we tend to do the same thing. And then when somebody suggests so – I think that's a good idea that you're suggesting to your clients, say, hey, why don't you go ahead and try a different route this time? Why don't you go ahead and – put the dog in the car and go to a park and walk there. Uh, sometimes that's really helpful when you guide your client um, 
to, to go uh, in, in a different uh, direction. Because uh, sometimes it just doesn't, it, you know, we just don't think of it. We, we live in our world mm-hmm. and, and we just kind of do our thing. And then we're like, gosh, the, oh, my gosh, here we go again. There's that behind the fence again. Um, but, but we can choose to go some, someplace else. Uh, uh, I had a family that I worked with that, uh, that uh, when I told them to, uh, you know, they said that they weren't walking because they were actually, like, trapped in their house. They would, they would come out the door, and to the, if they went to the right, there was a dog behind a fence that would, in, that would really scare their dog. And if they went to the left, there was a dog behind a fence there. And, and they were just like, we're stuck. We can't go anywhere. And I said, go ahead and put your dog in the car in the garage get in the car, drive down the block, park at the end of the block, and then take the dog out and start walking. And she was like, I cannot even believe I never thought of that. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's something so that simple that, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in the middle of it, you don't always think yeah. of it. So yeah. if we can point that out, that always is helpful. And, and Carol <laughs> says, because pets like um, routine, though, right? And um, mm-hmm. uh, they do, but when that routine contributes to a trigger, you might want to look at changing that routine. Absolutely. And I and I think that when you go for a routine, I think that routines can be very good and can be very steadying for dogs. But if it is something that is detrimental to your dog's emotional well-being or even physical well-being, I do encourage you to go ahead and create a new routine. Uh, or or, uh, or create a couple of routines. So so for example, in our household, my dogs really truly know when uh, it is walk time. And right, they that's really what I was going to say. Maybe you always walk at 8 a.m., but maybe you go to four different places or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you can make it make it different. If you were to go from in our household week to week to week, uh, in our household, what what happens? We come to the training center and spend a day here. Other days, I leave them home. Like today, they're home uh, for most of the morning, and I'm going to go walk with them this afternoon. Uh, they and and usually, what happens is in the afternoon, after I've finished some of the classes, I go home. I leave the car at home, and I'll take the dogs, and we will walk to the training center, and then we'll do a few more things here, and then we'll walk home uh, late at night. Uh, and so they they know they have a very good idea of what the the rhythm is i don't do it every day you know some days they some days they get a couple of walks a day sometimes they get no walks in that in that day but they might get other exercises or training games or other learning opportunities uh, other times i'll throw them in the car and we go off for a hike and uh you know and, and another day i'll say okay guys suit up we're going swimming um and um and so we'll do different things um but uh but they do like um, they do like some habit. They do like things where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we it, it's it's couch time. It's 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 smooching time on the couch, and we get, you know, piles of dogs on the couch, and we're rubbing ears, rubbing chests and bellies, and and it's and it's really lovely, and it is something that they like that is a, a routine. Mm-hmm. So let's take our last little break here, and then uh, Tracy actually had a question about a specific. Um, trigger in her household. So we'll come back and we'll answer that for her. Absolutely, yeah. Many of us make choices on how to care for our animals based on how it has been done in the past or what others have always done. What would it look like to choose what your pet requires, which may be very different from what others would choose? By tuning into Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor Dr. Andy Harper, you'll receive information and options you never even knew existed to improve your relationship with animals in your life. Listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on atizen.fm. 
This is Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with certified animal chiropractor, Dr. Andy Harper, or more well-known as the Energy Wizard. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. at 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at adazen.fm. You can also ask a question by sending an email to drandy at harpersridge.com. Hello again. Um, welcome back to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show with my guest, Amalera, um, from Training with Grace, a training center. Next week's show, December 22nd, um, so you want to be a doggy massage therapist <laughs> with owner and operator of the Rocky Mountain School of Animal Acupressure and Massage. Um, good friend Jenny Rukavina Marchese will be joining. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> and we are here every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central, 11 a.m. Mountain, and 10 a.m. Pacific and that's a2zen.fm. Um, you can reach me at harpersridge.com. Email me any other questions you may have at drandy at harpersridge.com. Anna at, Anna at traininggrace.com. Any other um, email questions for her? I'm trying to pull up her phone number real quick. 303-238-DOGS mm-hmm. if you want to give her a call. So as um, a certified animal chiropractor, I'd like everyone, I would like to remind everyone this is information was provided for informational purposes only. It's not intended to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any illness. If you or your animal have a health concern, you are encouraged to seek the counsel of a veterinarian who is knowledgeable in your area of interest. Okay, Tracy asks. This is all you, Anna. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> um, is there a way to help reduce the impact of triggers such as the UPS man, FedEx man, and mailman who seem to come right in a row? Um, her dog, Bodie, just lunges at the window barking when they walk up. Okay, beautiful. I love this one. This is a, a very common one that we uh, that Yeah, we I'm handle. sure no one else has this issue. <laughs> yeah, um, especially around this time of year we have a really mm. this. So, uh, so first things first, uh, if, um, and it's, uh, it says, uh, Bodie, is that it? she's just mentioning one dog? Yeah, just one dog. Okay. Um, if it is one dog, it's always easier with one dog. Uh, first things first, if we have an idea of the approximate time that the um, delivery is coming, then we want to prevent uh, the we want to prevent the uh, access to the door or the windows uh, in that household, especially if it's a uh, a pretty um, big eruption that happens when when the dog uh, hears or sees um, the delivery person. Uh, That would be the first thing. So blocking off with baby gates and pulling down the blinds and all of that that stuff I think is really important right from the get-go. Furthermore, we may even say, okay, you know what, we've got to block this off even further. We might have to say, all right, the dog is going to be crated from this time to this time. Uh, the deliveries, you know, are starting at around 2, and they'll go on all the way into the evening. So I, some of the things that I will prescribe are uh, let's get some exercise happening earlier in the day. If this is an adult dog, you can get some good, a good run-on, a good, uh, you know, frisbee toss, uh, a few things to really wear out, um, wear them out, uh, and then uh, go ahead and give them something yummy to chew on in their crate. When you are aware of your UPS, or FedEx or whatever delivery is coming, once you see that the truck is coming around the corner, uh, you can go ahead and start 
immediately dropping food into your dog's uh, confinement area, whether it's a crate or behind a baby gate, uh, you're immediately dropping food. One of the things that I'd like you to look at, though, is is your dog actually taking the food? Or is your dog going, eh, you know what, I, I don't care about the food. I'd really much rather run and chase and, and, and bark and growl um, at the UPS uh, at the UPS guy. Um, if that is the case, if your dog is not actually taking food, then what's happening is that the stressor of the delivery person is way too high. You're going to have to take a few steps back. You might have to do something like, uh, depending on the layout of your house and your land and your property, uh, you may have to say, hey, UPS guys, I need for this to be delivered onto the sidewalk or I need it to be delivered to my work or I need it to be delivered to my neighbor but not to my house. Uh, so it really depends on the level uh, or where the trigger is happening. Um, let's say for your average your average family, what I what I run into is that the dog does take food uh, when the when the UPS guy comes. So my recommendation is keep that dog hungry. So make sure that meals are not fed before this particular time of delivery. Uh, I, I say that to have the food along with other high value reinforcers all mixed in together. So you might have, I'm assuming. Um, uh, that that um, not assuming I, I I generally see that more people more families feed kibble rather than um, that other type diets. But if you've got a uh, if you're feeding a raw diet, you might want to switch for this particular meal. Uh, feed um, a freeze dried uh, food. Uh, you might use kibble. You might use other uh, dehydrated foods so that you're not work, working with a with a raw um, uh, with raw food for this particular exercise. So here comes the UPS truck. You immediately start dropping food on the floor, just handfuls of food, so the dog is snarfling up all the food off the ground, um, off the floor. What has to happen, though, is that the dog must see the UPS truck or FedEx or whatever it is first before you start giving the food. We don't want the food to stop them from looking. We want the food to coincide with the um, uh, the actual seeing of the truck. That is really important. That's an important piece of it because if the dog does not ever see that there is something out there, then we're feeding them for the wrong thing. What we're trying to say here is when you see that truck or when you see that guy, the food is going to call from, uh, fall from the heavens. Um, and that's a really important piece to, to make sure we, we get. Uh, if, let's say, um, you drop the food and the dog is picking up the food and is barking in between, that is perfectly fine because the goal here is to change the emotional response of the dog. It is not to stop them from barking. Right now it's to change the emo emotional response of the dog. And what's going to happen as you repeat this is the dog's, uh, the, the dog's uh, emotional response is going to change and you're going to start to see here a different kind of bark and you're going to start to see um, a more joyous display rather than a more aggressive or over-the-top display. This is about what I can give you for now. Um, for, for, further, for further help, go ahead and give us a call uh, at the training center, and I'm happy to set up a get-to-know-you call, and I can get you through a whole lot more. The number is 303-238-3647. Awesome, Anna. Thank you. Until we meet again, how much fun can you have with your animal? Thank you for choosing to listen to Dr. Andy's Animal Magic Radio Show. Dr. Andy will return next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, just have